Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're doing another show from the venue of ASI 2021. For those of you who've been listening, you realize that it is August in Orlando, Florida. That's where we're recording these programs. And some of you, if you've been listening to the show on a weekly basis, you heard from Dr. Tim Arnott. Dr. Arnott shared an amazing story. If you didn't hear it, I invite you to listen to that, wow, uh, harrowing story of how he uh, and his wife avoided the... uh, Wow, the the full impact of the the Paradise Fires. They got out with their lives, of course. They ended up in Guam. You remember that episode. Sitting across from me is actually the fellow that brought Dr. Arnott on to the clinic there in Guam. He's the medical director of the clinic. His name is Michael Robinson. Michael, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. So happy to be here with you and your listeners. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, you folks there in Guam, we have a a warm place in our hearts. Dr. Arnott mentioned that uh, you gave us the privilege of doing some meetings there. Uh, of course, we, we met with folks there at the clinic, but also we did a number of preventive medicine-type meetings for the community there, and uh, we were very warmly received shortly before everything broke yes. loose with COVID. Absolutely, yes. So uh, Dr. Arnott mentioned something that I, I'm interested in getting your perspective on. Sure. He shared with all his background in lifestyle medicine how he was just so surprised by the levels of chronic disease mm, among yes. indigenous peoples in Guam. Yes. You've been there many years. Is that something that still amazes you? Unfortunately, it does. And it's so sad to me uh, that I'm seeing younger and younger people get chronic diseases. Wow. I'm talking about children mm-hmm. you know, in their teens, early teens, uh, 13, 14, you know, developing diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, obstructive sleep apnea, mm-hmm. high blood pressure. Um, and, and unfortunately, have had a child recently died from obstructive sleep apnea, just really? on a vent and stuff. So it's... It's an illness that is really affecting the children of Guam mm-hmm. and uh, other places, I'm sure, as well. So, but uh, we really see it firsthand. Yeah. Now, in my years working in Indian country and also working with other minority populations in the United States, uh, but especially with Native Americans, one of the things that we noticed, uh, me and some of my colleagues early on, was that although it seemed that indigenous peoples sometimes had higher rates of some of these chronic diseases and at earlier ages, it seemed that if they reconnected with a lot of their traditional lifestyle practices, it seems that their diseases reversed faster than the majority population. Do you see something similar? I agree 100%. There was an interesting study done by the U.S. Navy right after World War II, and they did a survey of Guam and the population of the islands around there, and they found that the majority of illnesses were tropical diseases, hmm. yaws, Malaria, those kind of things, uh-huh. uh, dengue fever. Now we see, you know, uh, many years later that the majority of them are lifestyle diseases. Wow. And the island, uh, we have a wellness center uh, there with the Guam Seventh-day Adventist Clinic. And the island has really embraced that concept of lifestyle and, and changes related to uh, what we do and, and how we live. And many patients are coming through the lifestyle program and then are incorporating those into their lives. And things like exercise and eating healthy food, 
But really at the Lifestyle Program, what we're emphasizing is go back to your roots. You know, eat the taro, the mm -hmm. breadfruit, the papayas, the bananas, you know, the brown rice, those kind of things, the tortillas. Instead of the Western food, and the Marines and, you know, the Liberators did a wonderful job, but they brought the Spam, the corned beef, those processed foods, and that's the majority of people's diet now mm. on the island. And so we're really encouraging them, go back to your roots, eat, eat like your ancestors did, and... uh they are doing that, and we see results very, very quickly. And I'm talking about a couple of weeks. That's exciting. Yes. And it, does it seem like the message is getting out? I mean, Guam is not a huge island, right? It's, it's true. It is getting out. I'll tell you a story about one uh, local Chamorro guy. His father was a military man, and mm -hmm. so he was you know, moving around with his dad every three to five years growing up. And so he was not around the local culture, and he loved to exercise and be out and running. And when he came back to Guam in the early 80s, he continued his lifestyle of exercise and running. And he would have friends come up to him and say, who are you running from? We saw you running down the road. Who are you running from? Because exercise was not popular uh, on uh -huh, Guam. Uh -huh. But now we have uh, 5Ks every weekend on Guam. Okay. It's very popular. And people have embraced that. So over the last 20 years, 20, 30 years, people are exercising all the time. And so, yes, the culture has changed. People are embracing a healthier lifestyle. And as a result, they're seeing good results from that. Yeah. Now, your clinic is very unique. I mean, um, I've had the privilege of working with a number of medical groups, doing some things uh, on a short-term basis, other things on a long-term. You are actually a clinic that is operated under the umbrella of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Is that correct? Yes, that is right. So tell us a little bit about how you're organized. So the church has um, an emphasis on health. Mm -hmm. And so we really believe that if we help people, by um, giving them information on how to reverse their lifestyle and helping them with medications as needed, then they can have a clearer mind and be able to pray and communicate with God. So that's really why we are emphasizing health. And so the Adventist Church uh, has an uh, organization called the General Conference, and they send out um, doctors and physicians and nurses and, uh, around the world to start clinics. And so we're employed by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. So what's interesting to me is uh, when we were there in Guam, the folks that we met, it seemed like they really saw this as an opportunity for service. Yes. A lot of times people uh, today can have kind of a jaundiced view of healthcare providers, you know, they're in it for the money. Sure. And I really sensed a, a service mm -hmm. mentality there. Was that just kind of a, a show because we were visiting from, no, no. from abroad? <laughs> no, we, we definitely believe that we're there to serve people and uh -huh. to, uh, to help them in every way we can. And it, you know, medically we're, we're there, but we also have a school that uh, we're training young people to help with. Uh, there's a radio station that uh, Dr. Arnott, uh, and actually he, he uh, taught me a little bit about how to do radio when he was there. And okay. so we have regular health programs on the radio. And uh, every way we can, we're trying to help people to learn about health, learn about ways to stay healthier and live longer uh -huh. so they can enjoy their grandkids. They can, they can enjoy life longer and, and happier and healthier. Now, one of the things I know about Guam is it's uh, it's pretty isolated. It's a beautiful place. We, yeah. we enjoy being there, and you guys were very hospitable, like I've said. But uh, I know sometimes there is some turnover, yeah. and uh, I understand that there are opportunities. If doctors mm -hmm. are looking for a change of venue, you've got some openings there. Absolutely. As the medical director, what are the needs there right sure, now? Sure, sure. Um, you know, we have a wonderful staff and uh, wonderful providers, but... You know, being in the Pacific Ocean, it's far from, you know, your, your mother, your father, your grandparents, and they age sometimes. So we can't expect our staff to stay 
all of their life. You know, mm-hmm. they need to go back and take care of, as we call in Guam, their manamco, their older people. Okay. And uh, so uh, we understand that they're not going to be there forever. And so we always are looking for people to come and help us uh, mm-hmm. as, as people will, will return back to the States. And so right now, our big need is OBGYN. Okay. The number of deliveries on the island is, is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so someone who wants to come and serve can make a big difference, you know, in taking care of women and children who really would appreciate, you know, that, that expertise care that, uh, that you know, um, people deserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to invite, you know, any OBGYN who wants to come and help us, uh, please come. And we would love to have you and uh, join in the joy of uh, caring for people who really appreciate it. Uh, I, every day I have patients telling me, Thank you so much for being here. They're grateful. Mm. It's a wonderful place to work mm-hmm. because people are grateful for the health care that, uh, that we can offer. One of the other things that often comes to mind when I hear diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, we think of complications, kidney complications, eye, heart, nerve. How you do with those subspecialties to deal with some of those downstream mm. complications? You have plenty of cardiologists and uh, ophthalmologists. What's the situation? Sure. It's a big need, honestly. Hmm. Um Primary care is in short supply, but specialists are even shorter supply. Okay. And so anytime we have a specialist, we really treasure them uh-huh. and uh, value them. Uh, one of the specialists we're looking for right now is ophthalmologist. And because of the high incidence of diabetes, mm-hmm. we need an ophthalmologist. Um, many of our providers, you know, come out for short term, you know, three to six months. Some uh-huh. stay a year. Uh, the ophthalmologist we've had there has been there for over 25 years. Oh, wow. He's uh, just been a jewel, and he's now at retirement age, and so we'll be leaving uh, next year. And so we're looking for someone to replace him. Uh, we have uh, three optometrists that are there uh, in the office, and so it's a wonderful team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking for someone to come full-time and you know, help uh, out with that team and be part of it. So we're looking for a surgical ophthalmologist who can you know, do surgeries and, and take care of the surgical needs of the eyes. So one of the things I know that's become a, a major discussion point lately here in the United States has to do with uh, vaccination for uh, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, some strong feelings on either side of that issue in, in a lot of circles. I know many medical environments are moving to the point of requiring immunization sure. of staff or, or some other uh, restrictions on those who are not vaccinated. I've heard... Um, probably in my experience a minority of providers that are concerned about that but i know it's a big issue for some people and i think as you're talking about your clinic and opportunities there how are you guys handling that right now as of august 2021 sure sure so we've been on the front line as as many providers have been around the world you know fighting COVID, and so we understand that this is a serious disease and uh, it's um, something we take very seriously uh, our governor has done a great job. She's uh, an RN, and so she understands health. She understands health care. Uh, she's really done everything she can to, to help the people of Guam to, to fight the illness. Mm-hmm. Um, our clinic has been uh, part of the effort in what they call a Tier 2 clinic, where we're tasked to keep people out of the emergency room, you know, take care of them to minimize them ending up in the emergency room. And many of our, our staff have been uh, you know, exposed to COVID in that, in that fight. Um, so we really believe that uh, we need to do everything we can possible. So we offer vaccines to our staff you know, if they want to take it. We also offer personal protective gear to them mm-hmm. uh, and uh, really encourage them to, to be safe, do everything they can to be safe. We don't require them to be vaccinated. You know, that's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they want to, you know, we offer that to them. Um, but we, we understand that there's opinions on both sides, and we encourage them to 
make an informed decision you know, for their own health. But for our patients, you know, we give our providers the liberty to talk to them. They understand their, their medical needs of each patient and understand you know, which one's at risk and which one is low risk or high risk and say, you need to advise them. There's different kinds of vaccines out there, which one's the best for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in some cases, they have allergic reactions to vaccines, so they would not recommend them in, in those cases. So we give our providers liberty to do what they feel is medically necessary and don't interfere with that. You know. Now, when we were off there, I know one of the things you were telling me is you you do have a, a different policy with providers trying to convince their peers. Maybe, you know, they're very aggressive. They think everyone should be vaccinated or vice versa. They think this is, you know, some great curse. Uh, you kind of draw a line there. To tell us a little bit about how you've handled that. So it's very important in a work environment that we work as a team. Mm-hmm. So we don't want people to be divisive. And so we've told them, your opinions regarding whether your colleagues should be vaccinated or not is is your opinion, and we don't want you to be sharing that in the clinic. Mm-hmm. You can talk to your patients about your opinions and what, what is medically necessary, but as far as campaigning you know, among yourselves and trying to get everyone vaccinated or not vaccinated, mm-hmm. was both sides, uh, that is not to be tolerated in the clinic. I appreciate uh, that view and, and just trying to have this uh, collegial, uh, you know, respectful environment, yeah. and yet still try to, you know, keep a safe environment for your patients. I know some people are listening and saying they take different takes yeah. on this because, you know, it is a divisive subject. But I really appreciate that service mentality that's not just being translated to the ones you're serving, but also to the caregivers. Yeah. Michael, someone has uh, resonated with some of the things you've shared. They want to get a hold of you, learn more about the clinic. Tell us how they would do that. So we'd like to invite you to give us a call. Uh, our phone number at the clinic is 671 671- Six four six eighty eight eighty one, and our website is adventistclinic.com and you'll find there a tab where you can look for the employment. Uh, but give us a call. We'd love to have you come and uh, join us. Okay, the website pretty easy. Adventistclinic.com. Correct. That's pretty simple. But give me that phone number again. Six seven one six four six eighty eight eighty one. Okay, so 671-646-8881. Correct. And is this going to cost me like thousands of dollars to make the call? Fortunately, it's the same as calling across the United States. Okay, uh, so it's considered a domestic call. Considered domestic, yes. Great. Hey, keep up the good work. Great to have you, Dr. Robinson. Thank you, Dr. Rose. Okay. We're going to step away just briefly. Dr. David DeRose here with American Indian and Alaska Native Living. We've got a lot more great guests coming up in today's episode. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are continuing to interview amazing people right here in Orlando, Florida. Across from me, Bonnie Perry. Bonnie, it is so good to see you here. Thank you. It's good to be here today. We had the privilege of meeting for the first time, you and I, not all that long ago, in a little town called Berrien Springs, Michigan. Do you want to say what the context for our crossing paths was? Certainly. Um, In Berrien Springs, Michigan, at the Village SDA, Seventh-day Adventist Church, our church sponsored a lifestyle immersion program. What this included was learning health principles that would um, probably change our lifestyle into more healthful eating, exercise, use of water, use of hydrotherapy treatments to um, increase the goodness of our health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an exciting concept. So on today's show, we're hoping to uh, pull in some people who represent these intensive lifestyle change programs, residential programs that are run throughout the country and throughout the world. You heard uh, Dr. Robinson earlier in this show, if you've been with us from the top of the hour, speaking about how lifestyle changes can help reverse disease processes. So become very popular for people to take a yes. week or two weeks, mm-hmm. go away somewhere to one of these lifestyle centers. But one of the leaders in lifestyle medicine in the world is a doctor by the name of Dr. John Kelly. Some of you may know that name. He is uh, the founding president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And uh, he actually has been a guest on this show a number of times. Dr. Kelly has. And John Kelly worked with your congregation there in uh, Berrien Springs. For those of you who don't know your Michigan geography, 
Uh, Berrien Springs would be in southwestern Michigan. Uh, just, what, about a half an hour north of South Bend, Indiana? Correct. So, um, anyway, Dr. Kelly worked with uh, the congregation there and offered this lifestyle immersion program. Bonnie, just what did that look like? Explain, you know, the, the kind of the mechanics of the program. Okay. Um, generally speaking, lifestyle immersion programs are in a residential setting. So you go away to some place and attend for 10 days to two weeks, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. This time, Dr. Kelly had the concept of training people in a local church and offering the program to participants um, so that they could still live at home but attend all the training and programs that would be available in a residential setting. Mm-hmm. So what we did is um, we would come in. First of all, we were tested, lab tested, on the very first morning. And then every day we had a big, delicious breakfast that was prepared for us by um, Sally um, Kelly, his wife, and staff that helped her. Then we um, had a general session of information, and then we broke up into different um, individual treatments that we received, um, such things as a Russian steam bath, mm-hmm. massage, um, hot and cold fomentations, hot and cold foot baths. And these treatments tended to stimulate the blood circulation in Mm -hmm. your body, relax you, Mm -hmm. and bring more health to your physical body. Then we would usually have another general session about um, 11 o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then we would have lunch about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That would be our second meal of the day. And then we would go into more individual treatment in the afternoon. Okay. I mean, it was a busy program, It was right? a very busy program. So I had the privilege of lecturing there. I think uh, I gave you maybe one or two lectures. But Correct. my wife, who's also a physician, was working as one of the health staff there, if you will. Right. Uh, working with Dr. Kelly there and, and meeting with you folks, counseling with you. So I was excited about the program. I mean, when I got there, I mean, it seemed like there were 30 or 40 people there. I don't know. I don't know what the actual head count was, but it was a large group, wasn't it? It was a good-sized group, yes. And Dr. Sonia DeRose, Dr. DeRose's wife, was my physician that I worked with. And she met with us, kind of got a history of my physical health, and laid out a program. We, I met with her several times um, to lay out a program that would not only work during the two weeks that I was in the program, but also afterwards. Okay. So what was it, Bonnie, that attracted you to the program to begin with? Well, my husband and I had looked the previous year at attending a residential program, mm-hmm. but that year, my husband had illness throughout the winter and ended up having open-heart surgery in June when we planned to go. I was still um, teaching 
last year. So we had to do this two-week program to go away someplace in the summertime. And with his heart surgery, that knocked out that opportunity. Right, right. So in the fall, our pastor, Ron Kelly, started talking about this lifestyle immersion program coming to our own church. And um, my husband, Norm, and I immediately signed up for the program. Mm -hmm. Um, We said, this is our opportunity. It's close, you know, in our backyard. We're five minutes away from the church. So we really um, wanted to take it, you know, the opportunity to do that. Now, this is exciting. I mean, a lot of these programs... uh an inexpensive one, maybe two thousand dollars a week, or maybe three, four thousand dollars or more a week. Were you paying that kind of money to come through this program? No, it was a thousand dollars per person. Okay, and that was for was it a ten day program? A ten day program. So mm-hmm. all your meals, uh, meeting with health professionals, lab tests, and wow. everything. We were tested at the beginning of program and near the end of the program. Um, lab tests that would probably run hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. was included in the fee. So a lot of folks would say, well, what can happen in 10 days? Tell us your story your, oh, and your husband's story. Oh, my goodness. What happened, um, this was amazing because our lab tests were eight days apart. Okay. And so um, I am diabetic, and my lab tests were like at 6.8. Okay, your hemoglobin A1C, 6.8. And um, it went down in eight days to 6.3. Pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. My cholesterol was about 182, and it went down um, 20 points to 160. Did they change your medicines at all? Did they give you more medicine to lower those numbers? No. No okay. medicine to lower my my numbers. So just lifestyle all. change. Just lifestyle change. I lost um, eight pounds. In 10 days. In 10 days. Okay. And I just felt more energetic. Excellent. Our, our meals were vegan meals. And that was a lifestyle change for my husband and I because uh-huh. we had eaten a little meat like chicken and fish uh-huh. and eggs and dairy products. And we um, went completely vegan, a diet that, you know, my husband said, I don't know what I'm going to do without cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he survived But the he survived days. it, right. Did he go right back and have a cheeseburger right after the program? No, no. We had, um, we actually would go to a market where Amma's cheese was made and get like 10-pound rolls of uh-huh, cheese uh-huh. and then take, have it sliced there and then take it home and vacuum pack it in bags. So I had a whole tote in my oh, extra wow. refrigerator of cheese and we didn't touch it. Good for you. Good we get we uh, donated it to a food group that that passed out food Excellent. in the community. Excellent. You know, this is such an exciting story, and one of the things I love about it, a lot of the folks who treat diabetes are saying, "Well, wait, how could you lower the hemoglobin A1C and you know in eight days? Isn't that supposed to be a three month average?" And yes, even though it does 
take into account three months' worth of blood sugars, it is skewed. It is largely influenced by what's happened recently. So it's just exciting to hear what you've done. And are you sticking with this lifestyle? We're sticking with the lifestyle. Um, We got rid of all the meat in our freezer, gave it to some other people, and um, got rid of the cheese. My... A1C went down to 6.0 in the last time, and I've lost about 20 pounds. My husband lost about 25. Fantastic. Well, our time has just about slipped away. Just a final message for those of you tuning into this part of the show. No one's saying you got to be a a total vegetarian to get benefit, but what is interesting is we get away from those animal products. The research shows decreased inflammation in the body, insulin works better, blood pressure comes down, weight comes down. Thank you so much You're for sharing your welcome. story. You're very welcome. Enjoyed being here with you again. We're going to step away just briefly. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living right after this. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart. And you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, Don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov slash support. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. 
Welcome back to our second half of today's edition of the broadcast. Dr. David DeRose in an exhibit hall in Orlando, Florida. We're recording in August of 2021. It is the ASI International Convention, and we're especially focused in this show on people who are making a difference when it comes to people's health and experiencing those differences themselves. So we first heard from a more conventional clinic, but a very strong service orientation there with the Guam Seventh-day Adventist Clinic on the island of Guam. Then we heard from a woman who went through a outpatient lifestyle program and how her lifestyle was changed, how her weight dropped, how her diabetes got better. And that is just wonderful. I love outpatient programs. But as a physician, I know for some people, the outpatient programs are not enough. They need something more intensive. And that's why I'm so glad to have two ladies sitting across from me right now. I've got Brenda Bradley. Davila. Davila. Okay, I knew I could get it, especially with your help, Brenda. Brenda and Chelsea Karina. Glad to have you ladies here with us. Tell us a little bit about the institution you represent. First of all, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, sure. Um, so we're here representing Eden Valley Lifestyle Center. And um, what we do is we run a two-week live-in program. And people with all kinds of health issues, ranging from cancer to diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, gut health issues, chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases... Um, they come to us and they stay with us for two weeks and, uh, we have a physician on staff, a counselor, um, our chaplain, aftercare coordinator here, Brenda, um, massage therapist, hydrotherapist, um, great kitchen staff, exercise coordinator. Um, and we basically put together a program for your specific health needs, um, teaching you healthy lifestyle, exercise, using natural remedies um, to get your health back. Okay. Now, you're not just telling us this because you read a script. You're actually intimately involved with the program, right, Chelsea? Yes. So I, I'm the lifestyle director, so I direct the program, make sure everything's going smoothly and well. Very good. Mm -hmm. And um, next to you is a woman with a vast amount of experience in the military. Brenda, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I was a Navy chaplain for 26 years. Wow. I retired in 2016. Mm -hmm. And prior to coming to Colorado, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan as wow. Marine Corps Pacific Command Chaplain for all of the Marine Corps bases Wow! from Hawaii to Japan. Okay. Yeah. And so... I have to t share my story, please, if I may. Please. Oh, go for it. Um, go for it. So when I came back from the state, when I came back from Japan, mm -hmm. back to the States, mm -hmm. I had a clean bill of health. We arrived in at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado Springs mm -hmm. on the 15th of June, 2013. And in order to get back into the country, we have to go through a physical, which I passed Superbly. Okay. In October, I went in for my annual physical about two weeks early. Mm -hmm. And after having gone through all of the testing, they called me two weeks later saying, Chaplain, Doc would like for you to come back in and do the test over again. So I said, okay, no problem. Mm -hmm. And I just let it go over top of my head and went back for the test. 
two weeks after the second time doing the test, they called me back and said, hey, can you come back in and do the test again? Doc is finding some abnormalities. I didn't question it. I Mm -hmm. just went back, did the test. Two weeks later, they called again and said she's still seeing abnormalities. She'd like for you to come back one more time. So I went back the third time, did the test. My husband and I were coming back from Christmas vacation on the 27th of December. Okay. And as I'm putting the key in the door to get to go inside, the phone is ringing. So I take off running, pick up the phone, and it's the doctor's office again. And the the nurse said, Brenda, Dr. Achenbach would like for you to come back and do the test one more time. She wants to refer you out in town. So what kind of tests were they doing? I mean, as a physician, I'm wondering, what were, what were they checking so frequently? This is the blood work. So doing like a complete blood count? Yes. Okay. And they did they did quite a bit more than okay, that. Okay, okay, fair enough. And so I asked the nurse, I said, well... I just got back in the States a few months ago. How could my lab work change so drastically? And Mm -hmm. I said, what's the problem? And she said, "Um, I'm not absolutely sure. She said, but it could be that you were dehydrated when you came in to do the test. And I thought, bingo, that's it. Because I'd get up and go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning, leave the gym at 6 o'clock, go get showered, get dressed, and Uh then I'd run back over to do the test. Well... She said, we want to put in a referral. And I said, pull my lab work for the last three years if you have it. She pulled it up and she said, I do. She said, everything's normal. I said, well, how do I get this big change Uh in such a short amount of time? And so she said, I'm not sure, but the doc wants to refer you out. So what I did not tell you, this is in December now. 2013. 2013. Okay, we're with you. So in September of 2013... I had just reported to NORAD U.S. NORTHCOM as the command chaplain. And I was driving home from work one day, and I get right at the entrance of officer housing. And I hear this voice say to me, baby girl, you have cancer. And I turned around and looked, and I said, I don't have cancer. And it was not not you were just reading a novel about someone who died from cancer? No, not at all. Two weeks later, I'm driving home from work again, get to the same spot, and I hear the same voice, which I believe to be God. Wow. And he says, Faye, which is what my family calls me. They call you Faith? Faye, F-A-Y. Oh, Faye, okay. Faye, you have cancer. And I said, I don't have cancer, and I'm talking out loud now, Uh but there's no one else in the car but me. And the voice of God. And now this was when? This was in September of 2013. Okay, so you fast-forwarded us three months later. Yes. Everything had checked. You had those other exams after September. After you, September. Okay, everything looked good, and you're thinking, where did that crazy voice come from? Huh? Until, Until January. This, okay, tell us what happened then. In January, I get the phone call from TRICARE saying, we've set up an appointment for you at Rocky Mountain Cancer Treatment Center. And I said, God, you knew what you were talking about. Wow. And so I went to that appointment, and they diagnosed me with multiple myeloma. That's cancer in the blood plasma of the bone marrow. Mm -hmm. And so my process started. Back in 2014 now? Yes. Okay. You're still here. It's 2021. Look at that. Yeah. Do you you believe it? Yeah. 
And no one would know that I have cancer unless I tell them. Uh-huh. Because God, the one who created me, the creator, uh-huh. he directed our path here to Colorado just so that I would be able to get to Eden Valley. Now, and okay, well, I have to add this. Yeah, wait, you know, I'm trying to we'll make sure I, I've got this. So am I reading between the lines that you first ended up at Eden Valley as a patient? That is correct. Okay, okay. Well, you gotta make it, you gotta make it plain for me. I okay. wanted, I was saving that punchline oh, for the okay. end. Okay, oh, sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. So sorry that I spilled the beans here. That's okay, no. So, so when did, so tell me how this all plays out. Did you go right to Eden Valley? How did you even know about the place? I did not know about Eden Valley until 2017. Uh huh. So I went the traditional route first. Okay, okay. And nothing changed, nothing happened. But in the process, God kept speaking to my heart saying that this is for my glory. Hmm. And so I did the chemo, Mm -hmm. one round of chemo, and then I did um, stem cell transplant. Uh And the doctors were sure that that was going to put me in remission. Did not. Wow. Okay. And so as in by 2016, when the numbers markers started to increase, um, my girlfriend who had breast cancer, her mother was looking for a natural place. Uh-huh. And now I have to admit that even as a chaplain, I knew nothing about natural remedies at okay. all. Fair enough. And so when her mother found Eden Valley, she went in January. I went in March because I felt God was saying that we did it the traditional route. Now it's time for you to do it my way. So now this is March of 2017? Correct. Now, Chelsea, I know you have some history at Eden Valley. Were you there in March yeah. of 2017? Yeah. Okay. So at the time, I was serving as a uh, massage therapist and uh, lifestyle therapist. So I was working directly with the guests. Okay. And um, You remember this lady coming yeah, through the program? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. <laughs> she worked directly with me at, okay. on a few occasions. So she was doing some of the natural exactly. treatments for you. Yeah. And um, I know a lot of times you hear cancer, natural therapies. Some people raise their eyebrows, but other people who've been involved in that area, they'll do things like what they call fever treatments, artificially raising the body temperature. Are those the kind of things we're talking about or other things? Yeah. So as Brenda went through the program and as other cancer lifestyle guests, we call them, um, come through the program, part of their protocol is receiving uh, fever therapy mm-hmm. every day except for Saturdays. Okay. And um, so essentially we have four stainless steel bathtubs, so they okay. hold heat very well. Uh-huh. And um, the hydrotherapist places the patient in the in in uh, the lifestyle guest in a in the bathtub, and uh, the water is around 112 to 114 degrees. So it's like a super hot tub for sure. <laughs> and um, and the goal of the treatment is to raise their body temperature um, to 104 degrees and, and try to hold it there for 20 minutes. So are least. you saying they're actually in a tub with water 112 degrees? Yes, that's right. Now, um, at the same time as they're getting hot in the water, the therapist is keeping their head cool, their face cool with ice-cold washcloths, um, Every five minutes taking their vitals, their oxygen level, mm-hmm. their heart rate, and then also their oral temperature. And um, these treatments have proven really effective not only to reduce pain that mm-hmm. the cancer guests are mm-hmm. experiencing, mm-hmm. but also to uh, boost their immune system. Mm-hmm. 
So you're going through all this. I've heard these are very debilitating treatments. Is that true, or was it no big deal for you? I don't know, Chelsea. Why don't you answer that question? <laughs> well, Brenda's a special case in that she handles the heat very well. Oh, you really? know, there's, there's okay. certain individuals that they just, they, the, the heat is very hard for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But for Brenda, she loves it. Oh, and, really? Um, wow. She, she enjoys it. Um, now there's other people who it's, it's more challenging. And so, um, we have to work with them and really make sure that their head and their neck are staying cool and that. But Brenda tolerates it really well. She's, she, her, her file in our cabinet is like a foot wide. Oh, cause she had so many she's treatments. She's had so many treatments. Cause even on, as she's on staff now, um, she'll still receive treatments. And, okay. Yeah. So we're all very interested to hear whether you felt these treatments in the comprehensive program at Eden Valley actually helped you. Well, the answer to that question is after I left the program, I went back to my oncologist for follow-up lab treatments mm-hmm. because he wanted to see what happened. And he was amazed Whoa. to see that my number count had gone down dramatically. And so since that time, every time I go, he says, you need to get out of my office. You're wasting my time. You're steady and stable. Wow. This yeah. is exciting. We have got, so you've got our, our interest. I mean, real life stories, nothing like that. We want to hear a little bit more about the Eden Valley program in our final segment. You ladies can stay by, right? Sure. Yes. Wonderful. We're going to step away. You want to hear more about Eden Valley? You want to know how to get a hold of them? That's all coming up. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. Aces are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more aces, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ace number is simply an entry point to your own story. Where it leads is up to you. My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity, and security in my self-worth. 
Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose for the final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I still have with me some good folks from Eden Valley Institute. Am I calling it right? You've changed the name. That's since right. I, do you still call it Eden Valley Institute? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I see you've got something there. Oh, I see. Eden Valley Institute of Wellness. Yes. Is that the full name now, That's the official the name? name? Okay. I, I've, I've known it for many years as Eden Valley Institute. So I, I was checking myself as I was looking at your uh, your nice uh, hoodie there. Anyway, Brenda, Bradley, Davila. Am I close finally? You're close. I'm close. That'll work. Chelsea Karina, a little bit easier name for me. We're glad that both you ladies are here. Brenda, you've been sharing with us an amazing story. Before we talk more uh, about your experience and what other people might be able to find at Eden Valley, I know there's folks who are saying, well, how do I learn about Eden Valley Institute of Wellness? Chelsea, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so you can give us a call. Um, Our phone number is 970-669-7730. Our website is Eden hyphen or dash valley.org. You can visit our website there. Um, and also you could email us at lifestyle, all one word, lifestyle at eden hyphen valley.org. And we'd be happy to, to talk to you and answer some of your questions. Okay, great. So I've got the phone number down is area code 970-669-7730. Sound good? Yes. Okay. And if any of you are driving, I hope you're not writing this down at, <laughs> while you're behind the wheel, but 970 970- Six six nine seven seven three zero, and simply Eden hyphen Valley dot org. That's right. Yeah, that's the website. So two great ways to reach out. And if you remember that lifestyle at Eden hyphen Valley dot org will also get you to them. That's fine. But just remember that that website and that phone number. So let's just step back a little bit. You're sharing your amazing story, uh, Brenda, about getting help for your cancer. Most people would call that complementary therapy because you got the conventional therapy plus you got the natural therapy. I mean, some people use that terminology. Um, you do a lot of other things, though, beside helping people with adjunctive cancer therapies. Right, Chelsea? Yeah, so we do other treatments as well. Um, we have a hyperbaric oxygen therapy uh, chambers, and so we utilize that for um, cancer, but also people dealing with uh, nerve issues, mm. um, autoimmune diseases as well. We found that that helps. Um, sauna treatments um, are also helpful just for overall detox, um, getting people sweating, uh, which is helpful for um, detoxing the body. We also have massage therapists on staff, and so that's uh, one of the more favorite treatments that the guests receive, the massage therapy um, Brenda's husband is serving as our exercise coordinator. He's a personal trainer. Oh, wow. And believe it or not, he's 75 years old, and he's really? the most energetic of the whole staff. Oh, wow. And so morning and afternoon, he exercises with all of the lifestyle guests, uh-huh. and he makes exercise fun because who wants to exercise if it's not fun, I right? think you got it figured out. 
Well, this is great. So it's a comprehensive program, your yeah. uh, special diet. Um. Yeah, we have a wonderful kitchen staff, and they make the most delicious food, um, whole food, plant-based, gluten-free. And most of the things come from our farm. We have an organic farm. Wow. And so most all of the produce is sourced directly from farm to table. Um, juice fasting as well. We do that uh, twice Monday, a week. Tuesday. You know, the bad thing about this show is I'm recording it before lunchtime. It's been a long time that uh, since I've been to Eden Valley. I've actually been to your facility, beautiful location there in Colorado. Um, and, boy, I'm thinking, boy, I want to go there right now and have some of that good food. But it's quite a distance from uh, Orlando, Florida, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it would be hard to get or take out. Let me tell you what I'm excited about, too. I've worked in lifestyle centers before, and uh, one of the complaints mm-hmm. that people outside of lifestyle medicine often have as well yeah you can get dramatic results in two weeks but they go back home go back to their old way of living brenda my understanding is you're doing something proactively at eden valley to try to make sure that it's not just a a two-week program that there's actually some ongoing support tell us about that that's correct so when an individual goes through the program at the conclusion of the program they will get one week where they go home and they try to institute things at home. Then the second week that they're home from the program, I begin calling them once a week for eight weeks. Wow. And to lead up to that, while they're in the program, they go through two induct sessions with me where I tell them about the program. They, they covenant with me to be available once a week mm-hmm. and to do the work at home. And so I, when they leave on the last Friday of the program, I spend an hour to two hours with them going over how to do the program at home, how to do the juice fasting, how to get your saunas, how to, to do your fever bath so that mm-hmm. when they get home, the program continues. I also talk with them about the need to ask for help, to go back home to your churches, explain the program to them. Go back home to your spouses and your children, explain the program to them, and then make sure that they understand that I need your help Mm. so that I can continue the program at home. And so for eight weeks, I call them to encourage them, to motivate them, to find out what's working and what's not working, and come up with solutions with how they can change the outcome. Because the most important part of the program is... Not what happens in those two weeks when you're living in with us, but how you take that and go home and continue to do it and make it a complete lifestyle change. Excellent. Excellent. I think it's so exciting that you're giving that follow-up, helping them. What happens after eight weeks? Is that usually enough that they've established those changes, or do you still have some ongoing contact with them? Eight weeks is enough time for them to establish the lifestyle change, but to also make it a habit. Mm -hmm. However... After that eight-week period is up, they still have access to me. And so I get phone calls all the time. In fact, today I received a phone call from one of our participants who has been out of the program now for nine weeks. Mm -hmm. And she was calling asking about recipes and how she could get a recipe that was not in the books. And yesterday I talked with 
individuals who live right here in Florida, and the hope is that they're going to come by and see us oh, nice. before really nice. before we leave. And she has had some difficulties, and so I stay in contact with them even after the eight week period is up. Good deal. Yeah. Now, Chelsea, a lot of folks are hearing about this. Some folks are saying, "Boy, I, I want to check this out. Maybe I've got a family member, maybe myself, yeah. want to go through the program." But others are saying, "Well, this sounds like a really..." interesting program maybe i'd like to be a part maybe of you know delivering the services yeah. do you just have a full staff and a waiting list for people to come on when someone leaves or do you actually have some openings for additional staff yeah so every so often we have openings for staff and so what we encourage people to do is fill out an application on our website mm-hmm. uh, once you navigate to the website um, eden-valley.org um, you navigate to the application tab, the volunteer application tab, and you can fill that out and we can get in, in contact with you once we receive that. Um, we're often looking for, um, ideally, uh, people with health background, health mm-hmm. professional background. So whether it be you're a CNA, LPN, a nurse, um, even physician, mm-hmm. nurse practitioner, or even chefs or cooks. Or oh, really? Chefs. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so... Um, if you're looking to volunteer with us, we, we would love to get in touch with you and keep your application on file. Okay. Now you say yeah. volunteer with you. So is your staff an all-volunteer staff? Basically, yes. Um, all of the staff is volunteer in the sense that we don't get paid hourly. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone receives a stipend each month, and mm-hmm. your housing is provided. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's very much a missionary work okay. right in Colorado. So yeah. you're there trying to help people. Nobody's getting rich working there. No. Well, that's an interesting... Well, we're getting, we are getting rich, though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm following Because we have the opportunity to really minister to people's needs because oftentimes their needs are spiritual, uh-huh. mental, and physical as well you. as emotional. I'm with you. And the other thing that I wanted to add was um, mm-hmm. even for those who are in the... Who enjoy doing housekeeping work Mm -hmm. we have a need consistently for someone to come in and and be over our housekeeping because we have so many well i shouldn't say so many but we have three different areas for housekeeping and that is the lifestyle program as well as our medical missionary evangelism program Mm -hmm. so we have a five-month school for medical missionary training and so we need someone who would take care of our housing for the students as well as for guests who come in just to visit for whatever their purpose is. Tremendous. Our time has just about slipped away from us. Before we go, one more time, Chelsea, if someone wants to get information about how to become a participant, be a volunteer, somehow get connected with Eden Valley, how do they do that? The best way is by calling us at 970-669-7730. Okay, 970-669-7730. And one more time, the uh, the website? The website is eden-valley.org. Wonderful. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of American Indian Living. All our listeners, we're so glad that you could be a part of today's edition of the show. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.